Y'all, I believe this is going to be a fun message. Y'all believe in having fun in church? I love fun. If you've been here for more than one week, then you will know that I love to have fun. So we're in this series right now, and the series is called, help me out, Fake News. The series is called Fake News. So I thought it would be fun to play a little game with y'all this morning. Anybody okay with playing a game? If you're, if you're not okay with playing a game, you're at the wrong church because we do a lot of games. Uh, and so we're going to play a game this morning. I'm going to give you two headlines, newspaper headlines, and you got to pick which one is the true news and which one is the fake news. I'm going to see how smart you guys are. Honestly, all of them should be fake news because they're all dumb. But you got to discern with the Holy Spirit which one is fake and which one is real. Y'all ready to play? Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. If you believe that the first one on this side is the right answer, that is the, it's the true news, then you stand. And if you believe that the one on the, uh, le- on the right side, I said, I called that right side. You know your left and your right. This side is stand, this side is sit. So if you think that's the, the, the right one, then you stand. If you think that's the right one, then you sit. Give us the first question. Uh, the first, okay, here's your news lines. Cows lose their jobs as milk prices drop. Okay, that's the headline. Or is it dog accused of robbery? If you believe that the right one is cows lose their jobs as milk prices drop, stand. If you believe that's the right one, stand. Okay, got a few of you. If you believe that dogs acu- dog accused of robbery is the right one, you guys sit. Okay, can I just say the 14 of you that are standing are correct. Everybody else, you need some new discernment from the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's do another one. Here we go. And we have breathing oxygen linked to staying alive. (laughs) That's good. And the next one is hospital says number one source of income is sick people. So if you believe the right answer is breathing oxygen is linked to staying alive, you stand. If you believe the right answer is hospital says number one source of income is sick people, then you stay sitting down. Okay, majority does not rule again. If you are standing, you got the right answer. You guys go ahead and sit down. We got one more, one more. Okay, most rainstorm damages caused by rain. (laughs) How about this one? Federal agents raid gun shop, they found weapons. So if you think this one is the right answer, I need you to stand. If you think that the right answer is federal agents raid gun shop and they find weapons, then you stay sitting down. Which one is the right answer? Finally, if you sat down, some of y'all just sat down because you were like, eventually we're gonna get one right. You guys did not do well with playing the game. Not good sportsmen. <laughs> All right, hey y'all, let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us today and let's jump, jump, just jump into scripture. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. Lord, I'm so thankful that we can have fun in your house. I'm so thankful that living a life with you and loving you, God, it's not a life that's boring at all. It's filled with all kinds of great things. Father, I pray this morning as we're meeting together, Lord, first of all, I thank you that your Holy Spirit was moving during our worship service. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move. I pray that you would speak to your people this morning. Use me as a vessel God, to give the word that you have for me to give today. And Lord, I love you and thank you and praise you. In your precious name I pray, amen. All right, so in this series, what's the series called again? 
fake news. And in this series, we are talking about scriptures in the Bible that have either been misquoted, that they are misused, or they are misunderstood. And there are lots and lots of scriptures that people misuse, they misquote, and they misunderstand. And uh, so, um, so uh, last week we talked about, what was last week's message? Tell me out. More than you can handle. Somebody said it. God will not give you more than you can handle. That is, everybody say fake news. Why? Because if you're a mom, you already know that God gives you way more than you can handle. If you have children, then you know that God gives you way more than you can handle. But he doesn't give you more than you can handle as long as you let him handle it. Amen? Y'all should have got more than just a halfway amen on that one. We're giving God praise on that one. Okay, so we were talking about these scriptures. Anybody ever hear anybody use scripture completely out of context? Anybody ever hear somebody preaching a message? And as he's preaching the message, you're actually thinking to yourself, yeah, he actually doesn't know what he's talking about because that's not what that scripture means. Anybody? I know that I've preached a message before and I got down off the stage and uh, somebody told me, hey, you actually, you went the wrong way. That's not what that scripture meant. And I was like, oh snap, I was absolutely wrong. I'm, I, I wish I could tell you that was in my young years, but it was actually not too long ago. No, I'm just kidding. I was in my young years. And uh, so listen, it is so important. It's so important when digging into the Bible and talking about the Bible that we get this thing right. Because a lot of times what happens is we can believe something to be true that's not actually true. Amen? And if I believe something to be true and I think that it's true and I live my life in this way that makes it sound like that it's true and then it doesn't become true in my life, then what happens is I begin to think that the Bible's a lie when really the Bible wasn't a lie. I just took something out of the Bible that wasn't the way that I was, it wasn't come about the way that I took it out of the Bible and the way that I took it was wrong. So it is so important. Let me just say, if you are a new believer and you just open up your Bible and you start reading your Bible, you're gonna be shocked at the things that you read and you're gonna leave very, very confused. Anybody ever do that? Let me, let me help you out. Say I'm a new believer. I just learned about Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. And I decided for day one of my devotional, I'm just gonna flip open the Bible and I'm gonna read whatever it is that I'm gonna read and I'm gonna get from the Lord. So I flip open to Leviticus chapter 19. Turn with me to Leviticus 19. Let's have some fun. How can, how can, what do you mean, pastor, that you can misuse or you can misunderstand scripture? Go to Leviticus chapter 19 and we're going to read some scripture. So this is your first day. You're a new believer. You grab your Bible. You're like, okay, I want to do everything that God wants me to do. You turn to Leviticus 19 and you start reading verse 19. And here's what it says. You must obey all of my decrees. Okay, I got it. So what are your decrees? Do not mate two different kinds of animals. Okay, well, I won't do that. <laughs> do not plant your fields with two different kinds of seed. Oh, snap, my garden is a sin? <laughs> Keep reading. Do not wear clothing woven from two different kinds of thread. You, can see, you see what I'm saying? You can get very, very confused. How about turn to verse 27. Verse 27 says, do not trim off the hair on your temples or trim your beards. If you shave this morning, you are in trouble. <laughs> Y'all ever see the acidic juice, how they have like the, the curls coming down? Anybody ever wonder why they did that? They did that because that law says don't trim your temples. And that's where your temple is. And they grow out their hair long as it goes off of their temples because of this. this world. Let's go with one more. One more. You're, you're a new believer. You're jumping in. You want to get everything God has for you. And you jump into this verse, verse uh, chapter 19 and verse 20. If a man has sex with a slave girl, whose freedom has never been purchased, but who is committed to another man's 
who is committed to become another man's wife, he must pay full compensation for her master. But since she's not a free woman, neither the man nor the woman will be put to death. The man, however, must bring a ram as a guilt offering and present it to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will then purify him before the Lord with the ram of guilt offering and the man's sin shall be forgiven. Listen, as a new believer, if I jump into that, I'm getting real confused. Amen? It's very, very important that you know scripture. So we just dove into the Bible. How many of y'all believe that the Bible is truth? How many of y'all believe the whole Bible is truth? Okay, so let me ask you, based off of what we just read, some questions. Did the Bible, yes or no, just say that me wearing this shirt, God's people, his people, follow all my decrees, me wearing this shirt because it's cotton and polyester is wrong? That's what it said. If, if, if I just read that verse, it's exactly what it said. Did the Bible just tell me not to cut my beard and my hair? Y'all, I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I ain't got, my temples is just barely any of it. I got the whole thing is gone. What about this, y'all? Take this. Listen to this. Did the Bible just tell me, following my decrees, that it is okay for me to go have sex with some man's prostitute? Or it is okay for me to have sex with another man's slave woman as long as I pay him his money? and bring a ram to the church and have the preacher man rip open the ram and purify me with the ram. Did it just say that? Some of y'all need some, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Listen, that's exactly what it said. But that's, see, if you take that out of context and you go, Lord, I wanna follow your word and you open up your word and you begin to dive into scripture, sometimes you need to know who that was written for. Sometimes you need to know who wrote it. Sometimes you need to know, was that before Jesus or was that after Jesus? And oh, there's a whole lot that goes into. You can get very, very confused when you dive into scripture, which is why so many people use scripture and they misuse scripture and they misunderstand scripture because they actually have no idea what that scripture is talking about. So let me give a little bit of clarification. Because of what Jesus did, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because of what Jesus did, then those were actually ceremonial laws that were specifically for the Jews, for his people at a specific time. Jesus came and he fulfilled that covenant. Because of what Jesus did, I can cut the hair on my temples and I can shave my beard and I can wear cotton and polyester. But there's also a can't there. Used to, they could go have sex with somebody and they could be purified and all that, those kind of things. Today, I cannot... Guys, I'm sorry. I cannot go have sex with a prostitute or a slave woman and think that it's gonna be okay if I pay the man and I come to church with a ram. That is no longer, that is no longer in place. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. All the wives in here say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so let me, um, let's dive into this, y'all. To be honest, I could go on and on and on and on. I've read this book cover to cover a couple of different times. And I bet that I could pull some scriptures out that would absolutely shock you that those scriptures are in the Bible. If you haven't read the Bible cover to cover, they would definitely shock you. That sometimes I find scriptures today that still shock me. And I've already read it once before. Anybody ever find that take place? Yes. And so listen, it is so, so important when using scripture to use it correctly and in the right context. Part of understanding scripture is understanding how it was written, why it was written, who wrote the scripture and who it was written for. 
So all of these things are very important if you intend on understanding the Bible. Now, last week, we talked about the fake news that God won't give you more than you can handle. This week, we're gonna dive into a scripture that the scripture itself is not typically misquoted. It's quoted correctly, but it's usually misunderstood. And I'm gonna say usually, it may not usually be, but I have heard it a lot misunderstood by people and by Christians and especially by Americans. And here's the scripture that we're gonna go over this morning, Philippians 4 and 13, and it says this, for I can do all things, or you can say everything, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, first of all, I wanna say I love this scripture. Anybody else? Anybody quote this like on a daily basis, weekly basis, like I can do all things through Christ? Me too, I love this scripture, it's a great scripture. What a powerful statement. And somebody say that scripture is truth. It's not fake news. But a lot of times we misunderstand it. So we're going to talk about what do you mean, Pastor? What is it? What are you talking about that we misunderstand it? So that scripture seems pretty cut and dry, which makes you wonder how do we misunderstand it? It's because we pull out this one scripture. And a lot of times we don't read the scriptures before, we don't read the scriptures after. And we just take one scripture out of context and we go, man, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then what we do is we make this whole, I can do all things through Christ, apply to whatever I want it to apply to in my life, right? I can do all things through Christ who give me strength. I can get that job through Christ who gives me strength. I can do this. I can become a millionaire and get a Ferrari through Christ who gives me strength. I can become the king of the NBA, Stephen Curry in those shoes. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We do this whole, I can do everything. I can conquer the world through Christ who gives me strength because we take this one scripture and we go, oh man, I like that one. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I've heard this scripture talked about in, in, the, in, the, you know, in the American dream, in the American world, how we can get prosperity and we can get comfort and we can get all of these different things through Christ who gives us strength because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can become smarter and richer and better than everybody else through Christ who gives me strength. When, when we do that, y'all, we actually take that scripture way out of context. So when Paul wrote this scripture, let's go back. He's not telling us that we can live a life of complete comfort or that we can have ease or that we can move up the ladder of success through Christ who gives us strength. That's not what he's saying. He's not telling us I can have all the luxuries in the world. In fact, he's actually kind of going with the opposite here. And that one you go, oh man, really? What Paul's saying here is that in our life, things are gonna get very unpredictable. Anybody find anything unpredictable about 2020? In our life, things are going to get very unpredictable because, way, you know, I can prophesy that I can do all things and I'm gonna have this job and I'm gonna have wealth and I'm gonna have this and I can do that. So I can prophesy those things. But here's the thing, only God knows what's gonna happen in my life. So if I speak those things and those things don't take place, if I speak, I can do all things through Christ. I'm gonna be this or I'm gonna do that and that. And then we wanna blame God because the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ. But this is not what Paul's talking about. So we need to dive into this scripture to see exactly what Paul is talking about and to, and to learn what this scripture means for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If you have your Bibles, check, turn to Philippians chapter four. I'm gonna start reading in verse 10. And here's what it says. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. Now, let me give you some context. Paul is writing this to the church in Philippi. 
the Philippian people. And, uh, and when he says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again, he's talking to those people. He's not talking to God. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. He's talking to that church. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with a little, for I can do everything, all things through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. So he's in a present difficulty. He's not on this high of high right now while he's speaking this. And he says, I can do all things. Now, I said this a minute ago, but I think one of the dangers of misunderstanding or misusing these scriptures is because we use it in a context of all, I can do all things through Christ in a way that's not the way that it was meant to be. And then when we don't do that thing, we want to blame Christ. We want to blame the Bible. We want to speak that the Bible's not true. And that is inaccurate. Amen? So let's dive into this. I want to give you the, the truth behind Philippians 4, 13. And I want to share with you three points uh, that we get directly from these scriptures. Point number one is this. These scriptures are about contentment, not comfort. These scriptures are about contentment, not comfort. Let's go back to verse 10. Put verse 10 on the screen. It says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. Here we go. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Man, y'all, that's good. So when we look at the scriptures surrounding 413, it's very obvious that Paul's not talking about having luxuries or moving up the ladder of success. He's not talking about having a perfect life where you can do anything that you want and be comfortable in all of these times. Um, um, Paul's talking about the importance of contentment. Now, if we go through Paul's life, what we find is he actually goes in our view, in the American society, in our view of the ladder of success, he goes backwards. And so what happens in Paul's life? Let's go early on in Paul's life. Paul was there when Stephen was stoned. He was a young man that they laid their coat at it's when Stephen was stoned. And, uh, and, and some uh, theologians believe that that's kind of whenever he got his calling in life. And so he got his calling. His calling was to go and imprison, to go and beat, to go and crucify, to go and take out Christians. So Paul, the apostle, the guy that wrote most of the New Testament is early on in life, he builds his name. He crawls up the ladder of success in that culture. In that culture, the ladder of success was with the Pharisees and the Romans and those kind of things. And he crawls up this ladder of success because of the way that he performed very, very well with imprisoning. And, and he knew all the right people. He was the man. He was the guy that every, he, he, he led people to go and, uh, and do all of these things. So he climbs, the, the Bible says that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. In other words, Paul was a big shot, right? And then on his way to Damascus, he meets Jesus. And after he meets Jesus, Jesus completely changes his life. And he goes from this big shot in society, this big shot in culture, this Pharisee of Pharisees to a disciple of disciples, Okay. So in his first life, he's got all this comforts. He's got probably whatever meals he wants to eat. He can do whatever he wants because people are serving him as a big shot. 
But in his life of Christianity, let me give you an explanation of what he sees in his life of Christianity. He is threatened. He is beaten. He is kidnapped. He is arrested many times. He's taken to court many times. He's in prison. He's shipwrecked multiple times. He's bit by a viper. I mean, if everything else is not good enough, now I got to get bit by a poisonous snake. This life of following Jesus for Paul was absolutely no joke. It wasn't what we think of when we think of, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is the life that he's talking about. So, so Paul, he's seen both sides of this coin. He's been on the good side of it where he, had, he got to eat what he wanted. He got to do what he wanted. He was a master. When people saw him coming into town, they're like, you know, bowing down or getting behind or getting back because he's, you know, he's coming to get the Christians. He lived that life. And now he's living this life where he's getting beaten and he's getting threatened. He is that guy that he used to go after. And he's getting beaten and he's getting threatened of his life. And he's, he's running and he's running and he's hungry sometimes because he doesn't have food. This is the life. In fact, when he wrote this, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He was actually in prison, y'all. He was in prison writing this to the church in Philippi because he wanted to encourage the church. Y'all, that's huge. So understanding all of this helps us to understand what Paul is saying when he writes this letter. He is saying this, if you don't write anything else down, he is saying, it doesn't matter where I am in life. I have learned to be content in all things. When he says, I can do all things through Christ, it strengthens me. What he's saying is I can be content in all things. It doesn't matter what Satan throws at me. It doesn't matter if I can't eat or if I can't eat. I can be content in all things. First Peter chapter four, verses 12 through 14 says this. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all of the world. Verse 14, if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. It's really quiet because it's really deep, but it's good. It's good that we understand scripture. It's good that we understand these things. These scriptures take us a little bit deeper. Um, it said in their true blessing, True blessing is not living this perfect life. True blessing is when Christ and his Holy Spirit and his power is resting upon us. Listen, when I got Christ and his Holy Spirit resting upon me, that is blessing. Nothing can get me that. Amen? So true blessing is not all the comfort and all the cars and all the things that, that, you know, that, 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 that the world can give me. True blessing is having those things. And listen, in that scripture, here's what it said. It said, getting don't be surprised at the trials as if something strange is happening to you. It's not something strange. Can I just tell you, getting attacked by Satan is a part of being a Christian. Amen? If you are a follower of Christ and if you are a Christian, you could label yourself a warrior. Why? Because I am literally in the middle of a war. There's a war going on for my life, for my family, for my soul. There's a war going on for everybody that I love, their life, their family, and their soul. And, and my job is to be a warrior. This church, let me give you an elaboration of that. This church is, is a battleship. 
It's not a cruise boat. At a cruise boat, you go and you get served and you, you know, you just go and you enjoy on, on a battleship, you learn to fight and you fight and you go to war. This church is a battleship, not a cruise boat. It should be a battleship. Some of us sometimes use it like a cruise boat. But we should be coming and getting developed and growing and becoming a disciple. Why? Because the fiery arrows of Satan are coming at my head. And if I'm not training as a warrior, then I'm not going to be ready. And I am going to be surprised and I am going to be defeated. And he says, don't be surprised at these things. Number one, these scriptures are talking about contentment, not comfort. I'm not speaking against comfort. I like being comfortable. Don't get me wrong. But these scriptures here, what we're talking about here is talking about contentment. Number two in your notes is this. Contentment has nothing to do with our circumstances. This is what Paul says. I know how to live on almost nothing and I know how to live with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, plenty or little. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I think here's what we do so many times, especially in our culture. Here's what we do. We, we get in our mind. If I can get there, I'll be content. And you can put that like wherever you want to put that in your mind. You know your dreams. You know your hopes. Like and I, can, I can remember thinking to myself, if I could just make this amount of money, like I, I, I'll, I'll stop working 105 hours a week. If I can get there, I'll be content and I'll slow down and I'll stop doing things. If I can get, if I can buy this house, then I'll be content. If I can get this car, if I could just get debt free. How many Dave Ramsey people we got in this place? If I could just get debt free, then I'll be content. If I could get here, if I could do there then I'll be content. Anybody, anybody ever feel that way? Man, y'all are quiet. <laughs> I felt that way. I still sometimes feel that way and I got to get my mind in check. If I could just get here, if I could do this, if I could be there, when I get to that place in life, I will be content. You know what happens? What happens is you actually reach that place and it doesn't feel like you thought it was going to feel. You thought it was going to feel like the top of the ladder and for whatever reason, now you feel like you're midway up the ladder. And so what do we do? We don't get content. We look up the ladder and we go, dead gum. I thought oh, this was gonna feel differently. And so now I gotta work, I still gotta work hundred hours a week and I still, because now that's my dream. And if I can just get there. And so we work and we slave and we work on things that really don't matter. And we work and we work and we get up the ladder and then we look up and we're not up the ladder. And you have this cycle that just continues to go over and over again because here's what we do. If I can just get there, if I can be that person, if I can get that job, if I can make this salary, then I'll be content. And then we get there and we're not content. What we have got to, be, to learn is to be content right now. I gotta be content with the journey of getting where I'm going. I can't just fight and not be content until I get there because then I'll never be content. I need to be content where I am right now. Listen to me, yes, I should set goals. Yes, I should wanna make more money. I can bless more people when I make more money. Yes, I should have all of these goals. This is my dream and allow them to be spirit-led dreams. I should set these goals and I should work my tail off 
to get to these goals. But whether I get to these goals or not should have nothing to do with whether I'm content. I should be content with where I'm at right now. I should be living my best life right now. Why? Because the Spirit of God rests upon me. And when the Spirit of God rests upon me, it doesn't matter if I got money. It doesn't matter if I get fired. It doesn't, none of those things matter because when we go to God through Christ, we can get, we can walk through any trials. So what do we do? We, we walk our life right now in contentment. My contentment, even my happiness, shouldn't have anything to do with my goals. Write this down in your notes. Contentment is a mindset. It's a mindset that we have up here. This is what we see and we feel coming out of what Paul is writing in Philippians chapter four. He has this mindset of contentment. It doesn't matter what Satan throws at me. It doesn't matter what happens at my job. It doesn't matter what Satan tries to put in my mind that my kids are or they're not gonna be saved or they're, you know what? None of that matters. Amen? Why? Because I can be content in all things. I got this quote that I wanna read to you. Comfort is joy when everything is perfect. Contentment is joy when everything is falling apart. How do you be joyful when everything's falling apart? Because I serve the master, y'all. And because the master's got everything under control. I wanna share one more scripture with you here. This is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. It says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Man, y'all, that's good. What's great wealth? We think in our mind what great wealth is. True godliness with contentment is itself Great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world and we can take nothing with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Now, I do want to stop here and I want to clarify because I think that you might could get, you might could misunderstand, not the scripture, but me as I'm sharing this. I do not think that there is anything with God, anything wrong with God's people having nice things. I don't. I've had nice things. I've had nice motorcycles. I've had nice cars. I've had nice things. I think when we follow the Lord and when we take our finances and we use our finances the way that God tells us to use our finances and we give our tithes and we bless people that are hungry and we bless people that are needy and we give and we do what God tells us to give. I believe when we steward our finances the right way that God continues to bless us. And when God continues to bless us, sometimes I use that to, to, to have a little fun with, to take a vacation with, to have a cool car with. I fully, I told my dad the other day, we were on the bus and I said, my plan is to pay off my house in the next eight and a half years. And oh man, my wife's in here, isn't she? I don't know that I told her this yet. <laughs> my plan is in either year nine or year 10, I'm gonna buy me a Corvette because I want one. I see Tim driving his dadgum Corvette and Evan driving his Corvette and I want one. And you know what? I'm going to get one. What do you mean? No. Are you kidding me? Listen, so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having nice things. What I'm saying is me being content with my life, it's going to have nothing to do with whether I get a Corvette or not. I want one. It's going to be fun to drive. But if I never get it, it's not going to matter to me. 
So when you, when your happiness and your joy and your contentment is based off of things, maybe you should get rid of some things. Maybe to teach yourself how to be happy and to be joyful and to be content in God. Maybe that's the place that you need to, you need to move and you need to go towards. So I believe with all my heart, I seen something on Facebook yesterday that people were bashing this pastor because he had like a $6,000 watch on. I'm not gonna bash him. That's between him and God. I have no idea. I'm not getting a $6,000 watch because that is bringing me no happiness. I can tell time with my phone, y'all. But if a $6,000 watch is what you, what, what get, you know, was that, that's what you like, that's, if you want that instead of a Corvette, <laughs> then there's nothing wrong with having a watch. Amen? If, if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing with your finances and stewarding your finances well, and some of that has to do with tithing, some of that has to do with giving, some of that has to do with blessing people. If you're not doing those things and you're buying a bunch of junk, God's not going to bless your finances because he tells us to do those things. Amen. I just got way off y'all. All right. Did you catch what that scripture said? Here's what it said. True wealth is not prosperity and comfort. It's godliness with contentment. That's what we need to seek out and search for and get. Because when we get that true wealth, then it doesn't matter how wealthy we are or we are not. We stay being content. Okay, so number one, these scriptures are not about contentment. They're about comfort. Number two, contentment has nothing to do with our circumstances. Now we're diving into our last point. Contentment comes only through Christ. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Somebody, everybody say through Christ. What that scripture is telling me is that through Christ and with Christ, even when things seem like that they are falling apart, I can persevere and I can be content. I can find strength. I can find joy in the middle of the war when Satan is attacking you, your finances, your health, your family, your comfort. He does that all through scripture, y'all. With Job in the Old Testament, with Paul, the disciples in the New Testament, he is going to attack us. But when we get to this place where we're living our life through Christ and with Christ, then it really doesn't matter how he attacks us. Now, if I had to sum up this entire sermon in one quote, it would be this. Philippians 4.13 is not about material prosperity. That stuff comes and goes. It's about spiritual prosperity through Christ. Amen? Contentment comes only through Christ. I do want to say this, y'all. That scripture makes it sound so easy. I can do all things through Christ. I can walk through all of the fiery arrows that Satan is throwing at me and my family and my kids. And I can deal with every health issue and scenario that comes. I can do, it makes it sound easy. Like it's not going to be a struggle. But can I tell you, it is a struggle. It's a struggle because it's a mindset Contentment is a mindset and it's a struggle because the, 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 the place where the biggest war ever happens is right here in my mind. And so what I have to do, you know what we do so many times? Here's what we do so many times. Like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, but we don't actually put Christ with Christ through Christ in every part of our life. So what does that look like? Like, well, Lord, I'm gonna meet with you on Sunday. 
I'm going to holler at you on Wednesday night, Bible study, work in the youth, whatever that looks like. I'm, I'm, you know, every morning at 530, I'm going to jump up. I'm going to do my devotion and I'm going to meet with you. But then I'm going to go throughout my day and I'm going to run the day. It's not all things through Christ. It's morning devotion, Sunday morning and Wednesday night through Christ. And then, you know, I've been living my life for 35 years, so I make the decisions. Right? And so what we do is like we pick and put Christ, man, I want you over this and I want you in that and with this. But, you know, I do a decent job of leading my life. So I'm going to lead my life through Drosh. And can I tell you, I don't have the strength to do all things through Josh. And so when I lead my life through Josh, then I get defeated. Listen to me now. We do this so many times. Like I put my, my finances through Josh. I put my this through Josh, my, my security and all the things through Josh, my, my relationship with my spouse, what Josh can and can't do. And all, all of these things I do through Josh. And then I wonder why I can't get past all the struggles and the things. It's because I'm not doing it through Christ. I say I am, I think I am, I, I, because I go to church or because of this or whatever. But the only way that we find contentment is when we place Christ in every part of our life. What does that mean? How do, how do I practically apply that to my life? Here's what I mean. I mean, stop just doing Sunday morning, Wednesday night and daily devotion and, and add Christ in everything that you do. Christ should be the center of my life at my job. Christ should be the center of my life as a father. Christ should be the center of my life as a husband. Christ should be the center of my life in each and everything that I do. And when I do that, when I'm attacked as a husband, when I'm attacked at my job, when I'm attacked in those things, when I'm walking out my life through Christ, then I can do all things through Christ. Every struggle, everything that I get hit with. But when I'm walking my life out through Josh, then I'm not working on his power. I'm working on my power and my power fails. Amen? So let's work on involving God in every part of our life. Involving God in our decisions, in our family, in our dreams, in our struggles. And when good things happen, let's celebrate with him. Not just the family, not just friends. Let's celebrate with God. And when bad things happen, let's go to him and allow him to be our strength. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? Worship team, I'm gonna ask you guys to step out and come join me on the stage. And you guys go ahead and begin to play. So very quickly, I wanna recap. We can, in fact, do all things through Christ who gives us strength. The Bible says that, and that is true. But we need to put that in the right, the right context in our lives. So what does the scripture say there? If we look into all those scriptures, the scriptures say that we should be content in all things. That contentment has nothing to do with my circumstances, my wealth, my money, anything. Contentment only comes through Christ. So let's make him Lord over every piece of our life. Listen, as you're standing there, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I wanna read a scripture to you. And as I read this scripture, would you just allow the Lord, I wanna prophetically speak this over you. Allow him to minister to you. 
Psalms 121, one and two. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Listen, in our times of trouble and hurt and need, our help doesn't come from materials. Our help doesn't come from our friends, our spouse or ourself. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna ask our, our altar team, would you guys step out and come to the front? Right now, all of our altar team, would you step out and come to the front? Every head bowed and every eye closed. In just a minute, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna open up our altar area for prayer. If you are here today, and you're not in right relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're not serving him. Maybe you just know there are things in your life that you need to get rid of. You need to cleanse some things off of you. Maybe you're not adding Jesus Christ in all of your life. You've been picking and choosing what it is that you wanna put him in and what it is that you wanna lead and what it is that you want him to lead. If you need prayer in just a minute, we're gonna open this altar as we sing this song. And I'm gonna ask you to come and allow them to pray for you and with you. If you need to give God some of your struggles, maybe you're here today and you haven't been relying on Him. And today you wanna, you wanna do all things through Christ. You wanna walk through all the struggles of life and you're struggling and you need God's strength. In just a second, I'm gonna ask you to come. If you need prayer for anything else, in just a second, when they start to sing, I'm gonna ask you to come. Or if you're here and you say, Pastor Josh, I don't want to go pray with somebody, but I just want to go and spend some time by myself with the Lord. If you want to come and find a place to pray at the steps or at an altar, right now as we sing this song, if you need prayer or you want to get alone with God, would you step out and come right now?